All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the S3 Magazine podcast. I'm introducing it this time. My name is Jonathan Woolley, and and that clean-cut dude is Mike Sanders. Um, I don't know if we have an actual topic, so to speak, tonight. We're just kind of chatting. Like, a lot of times, me and Mike get on the phone, and then we're like, oh, did you see that Elon Musk did this or whatever? And then we start going and it goes all over the place and we were just on the phone and we felt like it was gonna go somewhere potentially so we figured we'd start recording <laughs> we don't know where it's gonna go um but i'm gonna hand it over to mike and i guess i'll kind of set the stage with like since mike is obviously more financially responsible than i am like what's going on with stocks particularly i know you were talking about Carvana, you were talking about Elon Musk. Uh, what's up? Stonks. All right. So, yeah, I, I like to look at the financial side of the automotive industry a good bit. And uh, the stock side of it is, is pretty interesting right now. Uh, the whole market in general is pretty far down. You know, with the fears of the recession, everything has been plummeting pretty much for the last let's just call it year, you know, roughly. Um, but there's a couple that really, really stick out. Let's start with the first one, Carvana. We kind of touched on this on some shorter videos a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they were actually up today. Today was a decent day for Carvana. I think they were up like 14 or 15, 16% or something like that, which was just enough to save them to where they're only year to date down 98%. Okay, let that sink in. That means the stock is basically worthless compared to what it was a year ago. It, it's worth 2% of what it was earlier on, well, the end of last year, uh, which is horrible. That is that is about as bad as it gets. Um, I think they're kind of getting to the point where their creditors are, are thinking about when are these guys going to declare bankruptcy and, and what's that going to look like? Will it be Chapter 7, seven Chapter 11? What are they going to do? Um so there's a lot that's going to be happening there. And, and just to touch on it really quick of how they got here, their entire business plan worked out really, really well when COVID first hit because the biggest thing was you can't sell cars if you don't have inventory. And they brought two things to the table that a lot of people wanted. One, they were willing to pay more than anybody else. Uh, the dealerships weren't willing to pony up the cash that these guys were. They knew that they had to get cars on the lots or in their little kiosks or whatever to actually sell something and have something to sell. So they were paying more than anybody else just to get these vehicles. Um, and on top of that, they brought the whole internet experience to it. Everybody was locked up at home. They were not going outside. Uh, and if you needed to buy a vehicle, what better way to do it than just to peruse around on Carvana the same way you would like Amazon and make your purchase that way, which, you know, for car guys like me and you, that doesn't work. But I guess for normies, sure. Why not? Yeah, I was just thinking, like, I hadn't thought about this. Think about it. Everybody's more or less stuck at home or working from home or whatever. They got stimulus checks. They're not out there spending money. And Carvana is willing to take their stimulus checks and pay them more for their trade-in. Yeah. And they're bored, so they're looking at cars online. It was the mm -hmm. perfect trifecta. It really was, until the market started to turn. And all of a sudden, these insane used car prices started to finally come down. And it mostly had to do with the fact that with the Federal Reserve 
has basically taken interest rates from like what three percent all the way up to over eight um and when that happens it curbs demand and when demand gets curved price goes down it has to so now the big problem is all the investors are looking at carvana and they're saying how liquid are you guys like if shit really hits the fan and you have to get out from under all this how liquid are you and the fact is they're not very liquid because they paid too much for the initial cars to begin with the initial investment of when they first bought the car brought it into their inventory they paid too much for it and now they can't sell it for enough so everybody's looking at them and going you're sitting on all this inventory that you can't possibly turn a profit on and you don't have salespeople to go out there and actually push the sales to happen. The internet and places like Carvana are really, really good at offering vehicles for sale, listing them for sale, but they are not good at closing deals, giving people the warm, the warm fuzzies, that tingly feeling, the salesman that goes, man, you gotta buy this thing today. That doesn't happen with a company like Carvana. And I know a lot of people are gonna look at that and go, oh, you don't need it. I would totally buy it, blah, blah, blah. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't, okay? Whenever it comes down to this, this Carvana situation, and you don't even get to see the car most of the time, it pretty much just comes down to price. And whenever it comes down to just price, these guys are gonna get screwed. They're gonna lose because they can't turn a profit with just that way of doing business right now because the market has changed too much. They're screwed. And that's why their stock is down damn near 100% on the year. So do you think that they can save it? And how? How would they... How do you save this? Um, I mean, there's a couple ways they might get lucky. They might get lucky and who knows, the Federal Reserve, the Fed could come in and drop interest rates enough to basically save them and get demand up enough to get them out from under this flock of inventory that they have. What's more likely to happen is that they will declare bankruptcy. Um, and they will pay out their bigger creditors who will take chunks of the company and either decide to completely destroy it or find a way to bring it back. It all comes down to how do you move the money around and who gets paid. So I don't know, there's definitely ways to save it. There's no clean way to save it. We'll see what happens. I did see something, and again, I'm speaking out of my you know, expertise, but like I did see an article where Carvana's creditors were starting to basically make side agreements together that they weren't going to screw each other for at least 90 days. And I can't remember the number. I might be way off base here. But for some reason, I'm thinking that Carvana had like $7 billion or something in like credit out there on all these cars that they had basically paid too much for to give people good trade-in values. Yeah, and let's not forget the one thing that we've all heard before COVID happened, of course, is that a car is always a depreciating asset. So these guys have $7 billion worth of depreciating assets that they are having a lot of trouble selling. Um, so, yeah, it's not a great situation. And the creditors are basically doing that because if any of them, I mean, you see how far down the company is already, but if any of them decide to pull the rug out from under it, it could topple the whole thing. All the dominoes could fall. So they're basically saying, let's give it three months. Everybody just stand down. And then if it still looks bad, we'll all yank it at the same time. Yeah, 
I don't know, man. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, and I know we've said it before, but just to kind of say it again, the internet can't sell a car. All it can do is offer the car for sale. I've never really understood the internet model, you know, the Carvana model, but I've never been opposed to it. And, you know, like if they had a car that I wanted, I wasn't opposed to buying it from them. But I, it always seemed weird to me how somebody would buy a car that could be across the country or half the country away uh, without seeing it. You know what I mean? And they go through the paperwork to get the car sent to them. It just seems... There's so many fail points there to make somebody go, eh, you know, like, ah, I'm going to close this tab. I'll go back to it. When you have a local dealership, which we know they are not popular right now, but when you have that dealership, he can call you up and be like, yo, Mike, I need this car gone by the end of the month. Help me out, man. I'll help you out. We'll help each other out. Let's make this happen. I know you want, you know, and they kind of like, they make it sizzle. Online, you just... You know, you're sitting there looking at it, and your wife goes, hey, can you help me do the whatever, open the pickle jar? And you go, yeah, all right. And you close the computer, and you come back to it. Or I do this a lot, because, like, at night, I'll I'll start just perusing, you know, whatever, the auto trader or car gurus, and I'll get hot on something. I'll be like, dude, tomorrow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after this. And then tomorrow comes, and you, you just don't. And there's no way for them to chase you down besides send you an email. So, yeah, I mean, it just kind of depends. Like, like, for example, the guy who bought my type R, he bought it sight unseen. He's in California. He, he sent me the money without even really knowing me, paid to have a, a, a tractor trailer ship sent to my house so I can load the car onto this thing and ship it out to California across the country. Um, I thought that was pretty ballsy. Uh, but I had a lot of good conversations with the dude. We trusted each other before we actually finished the transaction. But and And, you know that build was really well documented. So he kind of knew what he was getting. But again, it's kind of the same situation. Yeah. Okay. So that's a wrap. What about Elon Musk? Elon Musk, today's biggest anomaly. That guy is, everything about him is strange. While we're talking about the stock side of things, let's talk about Tesla real quick. Yeah. Uh, that one hurts my heart because I own a lot of Tesla stock, like a lot of it. Uh, and it's been nose diving for a while now i think that you know a couple months ago it was up around you know four or five six hundred dollars a share and now it's down to like 150 as of today so really taking a big beating and it's it's all because of two reasons one perception that's probably the biggest one um <laughs> everybody has decided that elon musk is the new donald trump that they are just going to hate him. Uh, and it's funny because the people that hate him are the ones that loved him the most whenever he first came out with the whole idea of making the electric vehicle and being the pioneer for it. But he, God, this is why people should never, ever publicly talk about religion or politics because it just turns people off. You, you Just by saying it, you inevitably create friends and enemies. And when he came out and said, I'm going to vote Republican along the next cycle, half the country immediately said, nope, hate that guy, never again. Um, and, and, and it sucks because, I mean, the, the guy really is brilliant and he really is the godfather of the EV. But now you see the politics 
working. You know, like, for example, Joe Biden basically held an EV summit at the White House where all the big players were uh, were invited, except for Tesla. And this happened a while ago. This was before Ford and GM and Dodge and anybody was actually serious about and even making EVs. They weren't really doing anything at this point other than virtue signaling. That's all they're really doing still now anyway. But anyway, <laughs> they were doing even less back then. And then Joe Biden doesn't even invite Tesla, the company that's literally pumping these cars out and putting them all over the roads. The only one who's still successfully doing it. All the other ones are blowing up and bricking themselves on the highway. Um, and, and they're just totally forgotten all because of politics. And that is utter bullshit. Mm -hmm. And again, we always talk about this, but if it was really about being green and really about what's doing for the environment, old Papa Joe would have done the right thing and invited the godfather of the EV to the table. But he didn't. Didn't. Didn't even didn't even invite invite him or tell him about it. Just a private summit. So that on top of that, he bought Twitter. So a lot of investors think that, you know, he's not focusing enough on Tesla, which is probably true because I've I was never on Twitter before, and now I'm on it just to kind of see the shit show. The guy does tweet a lot, which is funny because that was the downfall of Donald Trump, too. To be honest, if Donald Trump would have just shut the hell up on Twitter, he probably would not have been quite as hated uh, yeah. because, you know, you just don't give him enough ammunition. But that's exactly what Elon Musk is doing. He, he's on there just kind of playing the same stupid games. Well, the problem is that. The, the Twitter, it, social media, it gives you just enough rope to hang yourself, man. And these people start getting a bigger voice and a bigger voice and a bigger voice. And they see, you know, kind of the, the crowd that they're generating. And, and, you know, they go and say something stupid. Inevitably, we all do. We yeah. all do. It's just that most of us don't say it on Twitter. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So do you think that this is, is Twitter like it? At the end of the day, is Elon Musk kind of ADD like a kid or something, and Twitter's the new toy, and Tesla's kind of taking a back seat? Or is it one of those things that Tesla worked when he was kind of flying under the radar, but now the entire damn automotive industry is essentially competing with him for the resources that he needs to make these cars? Maybe he sees, I can't, I can't make this work when when you know the entire automotive industry is trying to do the same thing i am i was unique and it worked and there was a solid business plan and my solid business plan is evaporating because the cost of materials is going up the cost of everything is going up because of the competition from now gm and ford and everybody else i think it's a little bit of both i i, I really do um if you look at elon musk's projects and and the stuff that he focuses on he focuses on industry breaking world changing ideas well if you look at it like that tesla already succeeded because it did exactly what he wanted to do and that was to start put evs all over the world um now they might not all be teslas which is what is looking like is going to happen for the future and he might have realized oh shit well, the big boys have finally come to the table and they're here to play now and they're getting the government backing that I'm not going to get. Uh, so I can't compete with that anymore. So Tesla was a fun ride, but maybe now it's going to kind of shrink into what it was always destined to be. And that's just a small 
car company, which by the way, these smaller EV car companies that you kind of see, uh, not so much Tesla, I won't put them in that because they still put out more EVs than anybody else, but like Lucid and Rivian, for example, what's going to happen to those companies when they finally realize that they cannot play in this sphere? Are they going to get bought out? Are they just going to go away? Are they going to be the forgotten car companies like DeLoreans that we look back on and go, oh yeah, you remember that back in 2022? Um, I don't know what's, what's going to happen with these brands. Cause I just don't see them standing the test of time. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see it. Yeah. I think, I mean, what's going on now with the EVs, like whether it all sustains or not, it is industry changing in a way that the automotive industry hasn't seen since the very beginning. And like when, you know, when we were at the Hilton head Concord a month ago or whatever it was, you go through those old cars, like the pre-war cars or whatever, Man, that was just backyard little companies like Moon or whatever, like these little car companies that you're like, what? I've never even heard of that, you know? And that's because whenever something comes in and changes the industry like this does, there's opportunities. So there's people that are there to try and capitalize on it and and get the government money too, you know, and, and that kind of a thing. But I, I just mentioned it with Tesla. It's it, It's especially true for the Rivians and the Lucids and these guys, like their business plan from a few years ago ain't there anymore. You know, now that, you know, they were they, a couple of years ago, I can only imagine that they were like, guys, you know, we can do this. Like I've, I've got a guy in China, we can get the batteries made, you know, and we can come in here and like blow this thing up. Well, well now your, your, your hookup in China has their own car company. They're making EVs. Ford's trying to get batteries from them, which, by the way, failed. And now they're trying to bring it. You know, and the whole thing is when, when Ford and GM and I guess Stellantis and all these guys start going Volkswagen in that same direction, they absolutely just absorb all of the resources. And, and that's why we're seeing this not work anymore. The cost of EVs are hitting six figures because of the competition for the for the resources it's all battery cost yeah it's funny because so many people whenever you talk about why evs will or will not work they immediately go to the infrastructure creating the electric the electrical grid and that's true but the biggest infrastructure problem that we have is getting the materials and then actually creating the batteries if we're really talking about going full ev with the amount of cars that are traditionally sold in all of the world's markets in a given year, we don't even get remotely close to the mining capabilities or the production that is needed to actually do any of that stuff. Now we've got like, you know, whatever, 12, 13 years to figure this out, but like that is a massive leap that we have not seen since the industrial revolution. I mean, people are gonna have to really button up their chin strap and get ready to hit. I, I don't, I don't see it happening, um, but hey, I guess that's you know what this what takes this kind of stuff to the stratosphere is it's a pipe dream and you kind of see how far you can take it. But whenever politicians and bureaucrats get involved and then there's like real repercussions on a political and legal scale, well now you got problems because now you have to kind of force it into play. You have to make it work, and we all know that whenever businesses have to force something into play, they're gonna cut corners they're going to screw stuff up. It's not going to be safe. It's not going to be economically friendly. Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be affordable and it's going to be riddled with recalls. Um, yeah. 
I mean, the, we've talked about that. Like, I can so clearly see a future where you buy a $75,000 EV and eight to 10 years later, your battery craps out mm-hmm. and you're in a 10-year loan on the thing. So then you're stuck like, okay, so now am I, do I need to buy a new $75,000 EV or do they start financing batteries for the second life cycle of this vehicle? You know, and then you're paying essentially, what, 15 years worth of loan on something just to be able to keep it running. It's the way it sits right now. It's not, you know, it's not a, it's, it's not a good system. Um, but, but, and I'll interrupt here really, really quick and let you get back to it. But that's something that we've seen from these car companies recently is that they want you on a monthly plan. Like it's great to get that big sale, to get the nut and to get the money and then move on to the next one. But I think that these guys know that with limited resources and capabilities, they're not going to be able to sell enough cars. They're not going to be able to get enough big sales, enough of the big nuts. (laughs) Not where I wanted it to go. Anyway, so instead, they're looking to get you to be a monthly paying consumer always like for example i've got my my I, I daily drive a toyota tundra and i paid the thing off years ago and i'm sure toyota would love to have me back as a customer i drive a toyota but i do not pay them any money so i'm not currently a customer and they're doing stuff like that they're going to make it or you have to finance the batteries you see bmw coming out and being like oh you want your heated seats to work you gotta pay us a monthly fee mercedes has come out and said if you want your performance package to actually perform it's a 1500 a year thing that you got to pay every year that you actually want the performance back like there's just a lot of bullshit going along going well, around with these monthly and yearly fees that they're looking to do it's 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 essentially just free money. It's easy money, man. If you can sell somebody a Mercedes and then for another $2,500 a year, just go boop, 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 send. It's, it's already there. It doesn't take any, it's a software update. You know what I mean? So uh, I, obviously I see why they want to do it. The question is, will the market stand for it? That's what I'm wondering, because nothing that customers do surprise me now, man. Like you think there's no way in hell that people are going to take that kind of shit. And they do. They get off on it. I, I don't understand. The yeah. co- I, I don't understand consumer behavior these days. That's probably a lot of the problem for me and why I'm so confused. Well, whenever you break it down into monthly and yearly payments, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. It's, oh, it's only an extra 50 bucks a month. It's not a big deal. And how are you going to have a BMW that doesn't, that has heated seats that don't work? Well, what happens if you're on a date, it's cold outside, you live in the Northeast or something, you you, you take a nice girl out, what are you going to do? Put her in the car and not turn the heated seats on? Oh, baby, it's cold in here. Can we turn on the heat? No. Uh... Maybe next month. It's not going to work, man. The people, the people who buy those kinds of vehicles are just going to flat out take it on the chin. That's what they're going to do because they have to, to, to keep up that lifestyle, that persona that they're going for. It just is what it is. And like you said, it's free money for the car manufacturers because of human nature. That's what they're doing right now. They're cashing in on human nature and the lack of humility. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's true. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, it's a changing market and it's one that I, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, I come from an era where it's it's like you're talking about with a Toyota, like car manufacturers prided themselves and put their reputation on building a good car, a durable car that would last for the owner, you know, and, and now that whole perception has changed, man. They're trying to figure out how to not build a car with longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're at a good point to cut it. Is there anything else you want to say? Yeah. Back into the financial side of Tesla really quick. I, that was the other thing I didn't get back to. Um, cause a lot of people have asked me recently, like what is going on with the Tesla stock? Why is it falling so much? So you've got a couple of things happening here. So in order to buy Twitter, Elon Musk had to sell a metric shit ton of Tesla stock to make that happen. Okay. But here's the way the stock market works. And a lot of people may not understand this, but whenever the stock is, has more shares for sale than it actually has selling, it goes, Oh, well, obviously people don't want this. So let's diminish the value, let's plummet it a little bit until it evens out. Cause that's where you're supposed to find that even scale where whenever a share is for sale, someone immediately buys it. That's the way to do it. That's where you want it to be. So when Elon Musk is sitting there offloading billions of dollars worth of Tesla shares and nobody's gobbling those up immediately cause he's dumping so many in a given day that nobody could possibly do it except for massive investment firms it makes the stock fall. So the worst thing about that is he has to continuously sell more and more and more because he'll sell this first batch for $200 a share. And then he'll sell the next batch for $185 a share. And then the next batch for $175 a share. And it keeps going down and he has to sell more and more shares to make it happen. So that's one reason that Tesla's stock is falling so much. The other is There's a lot of investment services out there that give people tips and tricks and good ways to make money. And one of the most popular things that they've been putting out there over the past year, and it's been lucrative, to be honest, is to short uh, Tesla. Now, some of you might not know what that means, but basically, if you short a stock, that means you're betting against it. You're betting that it will do worse than what is projected. You're saying, oh, it's at $150 right now. I bet it will be at 130 by next month. So that's going to be me shorting it. I'm going to take out a short contract to go short the stock and betting against it. So whenever you bet against it, it's the opposite, obviously, of investing in the stock. So right now you have a situation where so many people are shorting the stock to try to get quick money that it's overpowering the investors like myself who are actually invested in the company. And at the same time, when investors are kind of losing faith in Elon Musk because of the whole Twitter thing and the political thing and everything else he's got his freaking hands in, um, it's just kind of a perfect storm of shit for Elon Musk right now. And Tesla is what's taking the beating. Yeah, it's weird, man. I mean, does Elon Musk get through this unscathed? Like nothing seems, everything just seems to slide off of him. But he's in such a weird spot now because six months ago, he was really kind of, even though he was kind of coming out saying, yeah, I'm a Republican now. And I understand that because a lot of that was probably triggered by Biden who didn't invite him, invite him to the EV party, right? Like that's a pretty big kick in the nuts. So, but he was still, what he was doing was kind of for the left, generally speaking. I mean, the left, generally speaking, supports the EV movement and thinks that it's good for the earth and that it's green and that, you know, we have an obligation to do that. But now he's like pissing all them off, which is making the right 
kind of like them now. Whereas before they were like, it's like, see me personally, like I admire Elon Musk and I don't have anything against Tesla per se, but I hate how Tesla has changed the industry because ultimately a Tesla is going to end up killing what I love so much about cars. So it's really hard to kind of, people don't know how to think about this guy, man. Like now you got people on the right that are like, I kind of like him. I don't want to buy a stupid ass car, but I kind of like him. You know, I like him. I like him for the Twitter stuff. And then you got like the people on the left that are like, I hate this man for Twitter, you know, but, but I drive one of his cars. I was reading something today. That's like, people are getting to, you know, you know how Tesla, nobody was more vocal about how great a Tesla was than a Tesla owner. And now those guys are starting to shut up. They're starting to, I mean, we make fun of this, but we're also not in California. Like it is real. They don't want to show up to their friends in their Tesla now because they're like, oh, so you're like a racist, like Trump and Elon Musk, you know, and you love Twitter or something. And they're just like, no, I just, I bought the car two years ago, you know, or whatever. So it's really interesting. I saw some study that said, I think support for Tesla is down by people that identify as, as liberals. And it's still down by people that identify as Republicans, but it's kind of up a little bit because of Elon Musk, people on the right are becoming a little bit more receptive to EVs. Whereas before it was just half of their hate was because they didn't understand it. Half of their hate was because of their political beliefs, you know? Um, so it, it's just weird. I mean, does Elon Musk get through this? I, will the people eat him inevitably? It feels very much like the hit job that was done on Donald Trump. It, it feels a lot like it. Whether he'll make it through or not, I'm not sure. I mean, and, and you've got everybody gunning for him. Like, I think I saw just the other day that Boeing has come out and said, we're going to beat Elon Musk to Mars. Um, so it seems like he has a target paid in on his back for so many different industries right now. Social media for Twitter, uh, SpaceX for space exploration and aircraft, Tesla for the cars, the boring company, that one's still out there too. I mean, the guy has his hand in everything. It's all industry breaking stuff. And it seems like now they have painted him as the bad guy. It's, e it's easy to rally behind and hate him because of things he said and things that he's doing. Plus, it's just really easy to hate people with a ton of money. So whenever you're like, this guy's the richest man in the world, and he's just being a douche. And he's like, yeah, he's being a douche. You but, know, it's just really easy to hate him. But see, that's what's going to happen is that other rich people with something to gain are going to be like, that guy's rich. And he's just, you know, like, you shouldn't like him anymore. Meanwhile, they're just trying to topple what he does so that they can capitalize on it. He, mm -hmm. as they always say in Yellowstone, he's at least the devil you know. You know what I mean? Like, it, I would be very, I don't, like I said, I don't have anything against him. He's interesting to me. If anybody could be a, like a, a major supervillain, it would also be him. I'm not a fan of what he's doing to the car culture that I love, but I'm also really suspect of anybody that tries to get me to not like him anymore, because what do they have to gain?
Yeah, it, it, and that's the part that gets me too, because I know that everyone else who's after him is literally just after him for financial gain. Whereas I listen to the stuff he says, I've listened to so many interviews and podcasts that he's done, and just listening to him, unless he's just a great liar, I believe the guy. Like, I truly think that he builds these companies and has these ideas and puts this stuff into play because he truly wants to help make the world and our society a better place. Maybe I'm gullible, but just listening to him and the passion that he has and the vision that he has, I, I believe him. I think that he actually does this stuff to help, whereas the people who are going to come in and replace him are just Scrooge McDuckin' it. They're just coming in to to take the money, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, You know, like, where where he loses me, and again, this is just my own bias and my love for cars, but it's the full self-drive thing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to rush out and buy an EV, but like at least a couple years ago, I was proud of the fact that that innovation was coming from America. You know what I mean? Like this guy was doing it. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of a cowboy and I dig that. And I dig his attitude. It's kind of smug. And, and you know what I mean? Like when you consider the amount of people that are after him, he takes it so lightly and he lets it all just kind of slide off his back. And I think that that's super cool. And it's like you said, I believe him too. Like you can look at him and kind of believe what he's saying. He loses me on like the full self-drive stuff, man. I feel like my Elon Musk would be like, hell yeah, let's make that roadster. Let's do burnouts in these things. Like, come on, let's raise a little bit of hell, you know? And and then he's like, oh yeah, he's like really married to the full self-drive thing. And, and it's like, man, why? Why is that your vision for the future? Everything else you do seems to be kind of renegade about having fun. Then you lose me with that. Yeah, I don't know. But that's just me. That's just me personally. That's one thing that I just have a hard time getting around. Like, I would be more on board for Tesla if Tesla wasn't trying to take the driver out of driving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, whatever, man. Okay, so is this, is this a good place to cut it? Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Um, I got one more thing, one more thing that I forgot to, to say. It'll take 30 seconds. With the regards to the Lucids and the Rivians, it's going to be a very interesting time for them to see if they, they can actually survive this or not. Um, you know, initially they got a whole lot of orders, but orders are not sales. And they were going to their investors and they were having big Christmas parties and all that because of all the orders that it had. And it's not just them. It's also GM and Ford and these guys, they're all fudging the numbers when they talk about the success of these cars because they're talking about the people that put a deposit down. You know what I mean? And, and that's very different from following through. A lot of consumers were putting deposits on every EV truck that was coming out just to kind of play the game. Again, it goes back to Corona. When you're bored and you're at home, you have a little bit of extra stimmy money. You're like, yeah, I'll put one on the Lightning, I'll put one on the Rivian, I'll put one on the Hummer, I'll put one on the GMC, and we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? It's refundable. Um, and so we're seeing that kind of come back around now. If Rivian and, and Lucid and those guys can't survive, 
this is just food for thought, something to end on. Like, I don't have the answer, obviously. Like, do they get absorbed by the legacy car companies like a GM or a Ford or a, or a you know, Mopar or something like that? Um, does Mopar go in and, and just hire the brains behind the operation? Um, try and buy some of the patents or something like that if they have any little secret sauce in there or something, or try and buy the factories for pennies on the dollar. I don't know. It's just stuff that we might see starting to shake out. Yeah, for sure. If and when those smaller companies go under the executives and the engineers and the designers will get gobbled up by the big boys. If they happen to make a car, like a single model, that everybody just loves and is so amazing and it's really, really great. Yeah, they'll probably buy the company and find a way to just keep that model going. Um, but other than that, I mean, these guys will kind of just go away. Or if they can get production. I mean, like if there's demand for something like a Rivian or a Lucid, but what's happening is a GM or a Ford are squeezing them on the resources to be able to get the batteries, you know, they might come in and say, look, you're going to go under or else you can become a sub brand of us. You know, people want mm -hmm. the car, you know, we'll make sure that they get made in a timely way or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, guys, thank you for listening as always. Um, if you haven't, please uh, check out our app. It's free. It's on Apple. It's on Android. Um, basically everything we do goes through that app. So like these podcasts are all on that app. Um, little short videos that we do are all on the app. The car features that we've been doing for the better part of two decades, all that stuff in the editorials, all that's on the app. And then we hit all the all the news on the it pretty much usually the news comes out, you know, in written format first before it becomes a podcast or anything like that. So check that stuff out, man. Again, it's free. It's it's you know available on Android and Apple and Go check it out. Let us know what you think. Yes, sir. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Good night.